about him, but boy, put one maybe in your car there. Be praying for Frank in that job. He has been looking for work for quite a while. Things have been up and down for him. And this is, this is, this is one I know that he'd really like to get right now. And it's the 29th is the interview. When's the interview? 29th? Tuesday next week. Tuesday next week. So, so I'll be praying for that. And he certainly could use it after he had a few wrecks on his bike. Um, so you're not allowed to drive a car if you're wrecking your bike. We'll cover that right now. All right. Um, he's been out of work. And so he has been working. And, uh, but then now just lately he's just been having trouble landing, landing a job again. So I'll be praying, one, the Lord's will, of course. And that the Lord bless that interview, that up and coming, and, and, and go from there. Um, all right, uh, Ecclesiastes tonight, chapter 9. That's a wedding shower, anyhow, not a baby shower. Yes, the wedding shower comes first, then the baby showers come. Let's keep that order right. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Just a couple of verses I want to look at and pull one, uh, one of the principles out of it. Uh, verse number 10, 11, and 12. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whither thou goest. I returned and saw under the sun that the race, this is referring to life, and and, and he's given a second principle here, is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. But time and chance happeneth to them all. For man also knoweth not his time. Again, even referring back to the conclusion of verse 10 there as the fishes that are taken in an evil net and has the birds that are caught in the snare, so are the sons of men snared in an evil time when it falleth suddenly upon them. Let's go ahead and pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we certainly do love you. We thank you for your word. And I ask your blessing upon the service tonight. I, Lord, I pray for your mercy and your grace and your help. Lord, I pray that your word would work. Lord, that you'd speak to the families that are here, the individuals that are here. Use this to strengthen us and it draws closer to you. Please help me to stay true to your word. Control what I say and how I say it. If there's any here that has never been converted, Lord, I do pray for their salvation, Lord. So please bless and work, Lord. I pray and ask all this in Christ's name. Amen. Let me grab something to drink just real quick. <clears throat> When it comes to the life we have been given, none of us know how much time we actually have. We don't. We have, the Lord knows exactly how much time we have, but we know this, we have one shot at it, one opportunity. 
that is given to us. Even Solomon, of course, as we know, outside Lord Jesus Christ, was the wisest man who had ever lived. We saw that we've looked extensively at this text going back two to three years ago is when we went through the book of Ecclesiastes. And the wisdom that this man gave as he was looking back on his life and trying to help us as we live our life. There are multitudes whose time goes on through whatever reason, whether it's those time and chance and circumstances, many begin to get off track with their life, with the decisions that they're making. Some tend to think, well, my time has passed. Uh, my time is done. I've, ha- I've had my shot. I've had my opportunity. And so they make decisions from that mindset. Um, and some get off on a goal of something that should not be present whatsoever. There are multitudes of things that tend to hinder how we live our life. And Solomon, what I'm going to pull from these verses here are three principles on, and to try and keep us on track, to help us make really good decisions for our life. Because again, you have one opportunity at this. Um, this is your life. This is your opportunity. Don't waste it. Don't waste the precious time that God has given you. Many times we think, well, well, my time is, you know, you know, my time is short. Well, let, let, let me tie into that later. I'm going to get into that a little bit later, so I'm going to wait on that. Anyhow, I'm, I'm going to look at three different principles here to dive into tonight. If you want to write them down, you can. I'm going to give them three H's in how to reach our potential, how to stay on target with life. Three really good Bible principles to help you live every single day by. And I've worded them like this. Heart, humility, and hope. Heart in your effort and what you're doing. Humility in all of your endeavors. And then you hope in your, the hope that we have in our end as Christians. So let me dive into this. Let's look at verse uh, number 9 uh, um, right here. Number 10 right here, excuse me. He said, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might, for there is no work, no device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whither thou goest. Right now, again, is the opportunity we have with our life. Once this life is over, the opportunity is gone. He instructs us here to whatever we're doing, we do it with our might. Or as the Lord said, especially in relation to the greatest command, we have to do it with all your might. And that's Solomon's point here. You do it with the strength that God has been given you, that God has given you with the opportunities you have. This means, in, in, for instance, if you're a husband, you have a responsibility as a husband. You should do that with your might, with the strength that is given to you. If you're a wife, if you're a mother, if you're a dad, you do that with the strength that has been given to you. Uh, whether even into your place of work, if you're in the military, if you're a business man, if, if, whatever it might be, a student, you do it with all your might. You be responsible with whatever opportunities God has given you. And I'm going to develop this much more. And more importantly, as Christians, we have to recognize, we have to see ourselves as servants of God. It's not just the pastor or the missionaries that are the servants of God. Every single one of us here is a servant of God. Whether you're a policeman, whether you're a plumber, whether you're a delivery man, whatever it is, you are a servant of God. That's a priority for you. You have to do that with all your might. And when that becomes in line, listen to me, that will direct you to be the husband you should be, to be the worker you should be. It'll control everything else. Now, for us to work with our might, your heart has to be in it. It does. There is no way, no way 
that you will be able to give something your genuine might unless your heart is behind it. It won't happen. You see, when you have heart behind something, it, it allows for two things to take place when your heart's in it. Purpose and perseverance. You have an understanding of, uh, when your heart's in it, it, it almost gives you the understanding of what you're doing. You see the purpose behind it. When your heart's in it, when, you have, when you're in different endeavors, all of a sudden, when, with whatever position, whether it's work, whether it's family, in your service to God, when there's battles and trials and things don't go as expected because time and chance happen to us all. You're more likely to quit. If your heart's not there, there is no way you will do it with your might unless your heart's in it. There has to be some passion behind what you're doing. That's going to be a requirement. You will quit easily. You will lack understanding. Without your heart, you're not going to see the genuine purpose behind it. I mean, you can see that. You can see that maybe... I remember when I was a teenager at the youth group, I could see multitudes around me in the youth group. And we had a ton of... A ton of activities um, as when, when I was a teenager. And, but I knew the majority of them, they never saw the purpose behind serving God. Remember I told you, I said, I knew. Man, when these guys are 18, 19, they are gone. There's, and that wasn't because they were telling me I can't wait to get out of here. They just never saw the purpose behind You could see it. There was nothing with their heart for it. Know why they were coming? We had activities. We had activities. And we think that's the solution for it. It's not. Daniel knows. Daniel, I'm, I even, it's on my heart now. I was editing for that, that blog thing that I do. He did a, a post on that. And I, and I mailed him back after I would finished it. And I said, I, wow, I said, I'm glad I'm not alone. I said, I thought I was one of the only guys who didn't think that the key to reaching our youth was a ton of activities. It's not. It's developing in them a heart for God. It's not. It's not having a bazillion activities and finished with a 10-minute devotion. You think that's going to do it? You're wrong. The heart has to be behind it. This text we should approach every day with our life. With what I have to do today, you're not promised tomorrow. What you have to do today, you do with your might. You do it with the strength, the intelligence... The ability that God has given you right now, you stay responsible with it, and you do it with your might. You think of Romans chapter 12 and verse 11. For time's sake, I'm not going to turn there. But it says not to be slothful in business. Not to be lazy. You know, when I was in the business world, whether it was military, I mean, I started working back when I was 16 years old immediately. Been working ever since. 16 worked out. Literally worked all the way through high school, out of high school, up until, up until well, I finished on a Friday. I left on a Monday for the Air Force. Up until I left for the Air Force. Um, and for the most part, you know why it was easy? Why I found it easy to succeed in the secular world? Because so many people were slothful in business. This is true. There were so many people looking how to get out of work. It was easy to succeed if you were willing to actually work. Not get caught up with the complaining and the nonsense and all that. Just stay diligent. Realize, listen, I, 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 I am, I'm a servant of God. My responsibility at this workplace has nothing to do with my employer or a paycheck. What I am to do, I'm to do as heartily as unto the Lord. That approach changes it. 
we know from Proverbs chapter 6, I should turn there, but I won't. Write, write these verses down. Go back and read them tomorrow. We're coming up on the 6th of September, so you're probably not too far from it. But uh, Proverbs chapter 6, 4 through 11, as well as other places in Proverbs. Laziness will completely destroy your life. It'll take you right off course. I had read something a couple of weeks ago. I thought, you know, that's pretty good. Uh, and uh, I, I, I can't remember, I wish I could remember who said it. I can't remember if it was a preacher, a sermon I read, or, 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 or from an article or from a book. I can't remember which it was now. But he made a great point. And it, it was directed towards men. And he had said, he said, really, that most of the success of your life will determine what you do from 4 o'clock to 8 o'clock when you get home. What you're doing at that time. First, I was convicted. I said, hmm, that's interesting. But laziness will ruin your life. Don't get caught in this illusion of tomorrow, I'll do some great work. Illusion of tomorrow it will get done. You don't have tomorrow. You have right now. Work today on what responsibilities you have been given. As the Lord taught us, when you are faithful with the small, then will he give you more. And some, and, and, and that's very true. Matter of fact, remind me, Brother Bowman, after the service, I want to mention something to you. I got just a really neat report about Connor that you all need to hear about. It just hit me now in relation to this. So remind me afterwards or I'll forget, but I think it'll be encouragement to you. <clears throat> Decide to give God your best in every area of responsibility he has given you. Don't fall prey to the culture of living for the life of ease. No, you live for the responsibility before God to be thankful that you have it. Instead of, as it's, we almost look at it as, in, it's, as, we need this paradigm shift, as if responsibility is a burden. No, it's an honor. You're being created in God's image. The principles, that, what is going to help you is to do things from the heart, which then you'll be able to do with your might. Often, the most neglected areas of efforts in our life, listen to me, especially men, deal with our faith. Sometimes we can be strong in the carnal areas, but so weak in the areas of our faith. Listen, you have that wrong. You had better be very strong and diligent with perseverance and purpose in the areas of your faith. With that devotion time, with your prayer time, and doing it with your might, not out of duty, with your heart. It's not about checking the box, saying I made it to church and I did that. It's about doing it with your might before God, of seeing He's what it's about. Let your might demonstrate itself in your prayer life. Let your might demonstrate itself as you read the Word of God. Let your might demonstrate as you walk in faith before those around you. And of course, our, our Lord and Savior is the most excellent example of this in His life. I mean, think of the statements He would make at times. I must work the works of Him that sent me while this day the night cometh. 
I mean, the, the level of diligence he maintained was impressive. Well, he was God. I have news for you. He humbled himself and became a man. He tired. He hungered. He knew what that was like. He knew what it was like to be just so, at the end of the day, so done with it. I mean, he's the one praying in the garden. Lord, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Listen, remember this. Every moment that passes brings you nearer to your end. Use those moments you have been given by God with wisdom and with responsibility. Secondly, look at verse 11. He comes at this now from a different angle. He is addressing one thing that gets us off in life. Now he goes to another area. This is interesting. Some people approach life, verse 10, with half-heartedness. They never accomplish anything in life. They're basically sideline people. But then there's something else that can distract you if you do have passion in what you're doing. Look at verse 11. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happeneth to them all. And again, the, the H that I gave this is humility in our endeavors. And that'll be clear here in just a few minutes. Again, so Solomon's coming at this from a different point of view. Again, in verse 10, it was toward those who don't work hard at what they do, those who are half-hearted or lazy. Now he looks to those who do give strong effort with the things that they do. They use their might with all that they do. But there's certain things that group has to be careful of or it'll throw them off. Too often we find it hard to possess our gifts and not rest in our gifts. And I'll explain that more. To have riches, but not to trust in riches. To have wisdom and skill, but not to glory in the wisdom and skill. So Solomon is now addressing this. Pointing some great points. Just because you're fast doesn't mean you're going to win the race. Just because you're the strongest doesn't mean you're going to win the fight. I still remember, I still remember the year. It's probably the only fight I can remember the year because of how shocking it was. I, ju well, I just got to Holloman Air Force Base, I think it was November of 1990, might have been December. I woke up, get to work, and everybody's talking about it. Buster Douglas knocked out Mike Tyson. The most feared boxer probably in the history of the sport was knocked out by this unknown who was from Ohio, just so we all know. Let's just establish that right now. He was from Columbus, Ohio. We're pretty tough there. That's not funny, Scarlett. What's the bad one? <laughs> You need, I need your help there. No, <laughs> Mike Tyson, there's no way he entered that ring thinking he was going to lose. He was the strongest. He was the better skilled. I, I mean, the world champ, unlike any other we've ever had, found himself knocked out. Nor does wisdom and understanding guarantee your supply in this world. There are actually many people who have great understanding and great wisdom that actually end up without much. Why? Because time and chance 
happeneth to us all. There are some who are even very wealthy. It's to no wisdom of their own at all. Time and chance happeneth to us all. Now, usually when we think of these things, we think of these things that, that are a help, and, and they certainly can be, that, lead, that will help us get to a desired end of life. We tend to believe, and it makes sense that we do, that the fastest will win the race. But Salvin points out, time and chance happen to us all. See, it's it's, it's when you approach life with that understanding, it's going to help you a great deal. Let me explain it more why that's true. You see, there's a danger. When you happen to be the the person who possesses talents such as this, that you begin to trust in them instead of God. Let's say you are swift and you're a runner. You'll tend to trust in your abilities instead of God. You will rest in the talent you possess instead of the God above. You have a measure of wisdom and measure of understanding, and you begin to rest in that instead of God above. There's danger there. When that begins to take place, two ends will occur. One of two. One, it will lead to pride with your success, and now you've entered sin. Let's say time and chance and you happen because you are the fastest, you look to your ability and you dominate. Or you have the wisdom and understanding and and you're successful and you dominate and you look to yourself. Pride has now entered in. You've now entered into a sinful course with your life and you don't even know it. The strong win the battle and they forget where that strength came from. And pride comes in. Or, when something comes up and you fail. If this is you, time and chance happen to us all. There's another side to this. Let's say you are the swift. But something comes up circumstantially and you fail. Know what happens? Frustration, bitterness, anger. You feel cheated. You feel like a victim. That should have been me. I was the best one. I was the most qualified. That should be me getting that position. And frustration and bitterness comes in. Know what's wrong? How you are viewing that. You forget God's in control. And time and chance happeneth to us all. Bitterness can come in. Regret. Yet all that could have been avoided. And we simply trusted the Lord for what we had and with our life. The swift uses his ability for getting circumstances can come up which negate his speed. There was an example of this just recently. I don't know if you saw the video of it. Usually I'll follow sports. It was the world sprinting competitions. And the woman who was winning it was on pace for world record, never before, I can't remember the distance, 
time, she was not five feet from the finish line with the other person right behind. I mean, the American was right, right behind her. I mean, they were literally just about neck and neck, but she was just ahead. She had it on that five feet from the finish line, all out sprint, and she fell. She fell. Got up quickly, but by that time took third. Took third. Had she won, it would have been the world record. Now, I would imagine... I know nothing about that woman who ran that race. I would hope that she's saved, has her life focused on God. But just knowing percentage-wise, that's doubtful. And if that's the case, could you imagine where her mind is right now? That should have been me. Had I not fallen, that should have been me. And allowing that to eat or keeping her up at night, that should have been me, that should have been me. Instead of being in a place, well, you know what? No, time and chance happens. God's in control. That happens. My life is about Him. It's not about that event. There's places in Scripture that warn against this mindset. Habakkuk chapter 1 and verse 16 warns against it. How they were looking to their own efforts and forgetting about the true God. Where they became a God unto themselves. And that's really what happens when the pride comes in. You become a God unto yourself. As if it's your strength and your speed. When it never was. When the ability just to be in a competition like that is because of the God-given speed you have, nothing of yourself. Instead of being thankful, wow, I, I can't believe I was actually even here. You think you're entitled. It's dangerous. Isaiah chapter 10, verse 13 and 14. Let's go to that one. I like that one. Let's go to Isaiah 10. It's just a few pages over from where we're at. Habakkuk I would have went to, but none of you would have found it. Here's a warning against it in Isaiah 10, 13 and 14. For he saith, by thy strength out of my hand I have done it, and by my wisdom, for I, I am prudent. I have removed the bounds of the people and have robbed their treasure, and I have put down the inhabitants like a, a valiant man, and my hand hath found a nest, the riches of the people, um, and, and as one that gathered eggs that are left, have I gathered all the earth, and there was none that moved the wing or opened the mouth or peeped and just go on and on where pride comes in and you think it's all about you and how that leads to sin in your life. Ask Satan. Satan forgot he was a created being. That the wisdom he had, the ability he had, were not of himself. It was given to him by the Creator. This is where the importance of humility in your life comes in, in your endeavors. As you approach it knowing with success, it's simply of God's hand. I'm going to give this all my might, but I'm not going to let pride come in with success. Or if I fail, I'm not going to let bitterness take over. God's in control. That'll help you because the problem with those two mindsets comes in. Now you're making life decisions from a point of pride or a point of bitterness. That's not going to be a good end. Maintain humility because time and chance happen to us all. And that time and chance, what you have to put in there basically is this, is God's providence. God's providence. You will have circumstances that come in life that are favorable and some that are unfavorable. 
You will have circumstances come up that can set your life on a different course. Sometimes for the better and sometimes for the worse. You have to trust in God's providence. That's what you have to rest in, regardless of success or failure. I mean, if you're working toward an end based on your, all your efforts and you're giving it your strength and it, and it seems it's, it's, it's probable to occur what you're trying to accomplish and then all of a sudden some circumstances arises in life which completely negates all the effort you put in. You had the strength, you had the wisdom to accomplish it, but then something happened out of your control that you did not see coming and it negates your efforts. Listen, that could be painful and set you on a wrong course. So we have to trust in the providence of God. <clears throat> we have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. God does. We need to trust in the Lord, not in our own strength. When you're doing that, that does give peace when problems occur. This gives humility during success. It helps you to walk by faith. We can make these plans, and I think you should set goals. But again, circumstances come and it changes things, and your life is set on another direction. And if you're not trusting in God, peace is gone. I remember, I mean, and the Lord's done that in my life several times. And, and I'm thankful for the direction. At the time, I didn't understand it, even tried to fight against it. I think back again, I'm on staff at Berean Baptist under Pastor Bird, thinking I'm staying here. And then the Air Force decides to send me a remote assignment. I can't, I can't turn it down. I can't get out of the Air Force. The Lord had other plans. You know why? I, I, for, almost, for almost 14 months, I had zero people. Well, uh, I take that back. That would have been 10 months, not 14 months. Two Two months shy of it was when I finally realized God was in this. But for ten months, I was miserable. Thinking, man, I can't believe the military is doing this to me. They're taking me out of God's will. Uh, I mean, all the... Like God's up in heaven. Man, I can't believe the Air Force did that. That was not what I had for his life. Oh, well, I'll go on to somebody else. That sounds foolish, but... That had to be my thoughts if I was fretting over that. Daniel and Sharon had different plans for their life. They didn't think their life was going to go that direction. God had different plans. So we learn, though we may be strong, though we may have some wisdom, don't trust in yourself. Don't rest in your talents. Just stay focused on God, not self. Trust in the one who knows what's coming tomorrow. The one who knows the beginning from the end. The one who is in complete control of time and chance. Complete control of it. So this being true, means the key area to be strong and to give our might to is that walk of faith with God. That'll help you the most. And then lastly here this evening, hope in our end. Look at verse 12. Third principle to help you in life. 
For man also knoweth not his time, as the fishes that are taken in an evil net, and as the birds that are caught in the snare, so are the sons of men snared in an evil time when it falleth suddenly upon them. Third H, hope. Hope. One, our heart has to be behind all of our efforts. Then we've got to have humility in our endeavors to, to stay focused on God. And then the third principle here is hope in our end. The verse is dealing with death, is what it's talking about. How we don't expect it. Just like the fish that's swimming along and all of a sudden he finds himself in a net and it's over with. Everything was going great there in the ocean for a little bit. And all of a sudden he's poof, caught up with this big old net and it's gone or a bird in a snare. It's, the, the context is death. Just like in our church this year, the three funerals we've had, all unexpected. All unexpected. We don't know when life, when any of our life is going to end, when that appointed time is. It is unexpected. This is why when you approach it, when you approach life, that's why you can't think, don't get the mindset. I, I, I see Richard sitting back there catching my attention. You don't have the mindset, well, I'm 80 some years old, and my life is, no, it's not. I might be gone before you tomorrow. None of us are promised tomorrow. That's why you stay, responsible, you stay responsible with the moment you are given today. Verse, obviously, verse 12 probably reminds you a little bit of James chapter 4, where James dealt with this subject where your life is as a vapor, appeareth while and vanisheth away. James describing this and, and how we set plans and goals and and, and how that can change in a moment. James even dealt with that. We determine how we're going to accomplish these, how we're going to accomplish these goals, but James points out a fatal mistake in that thinking. Any thinking along the lines that excludes God. We should be saying, if the Lord will, this is what I'm going to accomplish. But it's not just the phrase he's dealing with. He's dealing with how you look at life. It's just not tacking on to the end of a statement, Lord willing. It's living that way. So as you approach life, we need to have God at the center to make it about Him. The man-centered life leaves God out of the equation, and that's what Solomon is warning against. Solomon did just that. He tried to leave God out of the equation. He tried to live life under the sun as if there was no God. Man-centered life will make plans and goals without considering God. They forget they have no foresight. You don't know what's happening tomorrow, but God does. Proverbs 27.1 is very true. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. This is why it's so important to simply stay in the will of God, stay humble before Him. Planning without God is presumptuous and it's sinful. The God-centered life has his life all about God and plans his future accordingly. The goal is not gain. Listen, it's never gain. It's God. That's the goal. Make Him the center of it. And let me just... I'm not going to, let me finish with verses I think we all know. I, I could sum this up in two verses in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. 
Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Put your heart into it. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. That really does sum it up. Listen, you are given moments each day that you are responsible for. That's what you have. You don't have the next day. Use that time wisely. Use it with your might, with humility, and hope in our end. With heads bowed and eyes closed.